Today, we are continuing the Managing the Things at Work series, which we kicked off in episode 102. This episode covered email management, where I shared a system you could put in place to manage even the most unruly inbox. If you're feeling overwhelmed by email, go give that episode a listen after this one. Today, we are kicking off another critical element of work, calendar management. You know those moments where you think, I wish I would have learned this in school? Those are the topics that we love to talk about. Join me each week as I interview experts sharing their strategies for solving problems that us young adults will face throughout our 20s and 30s. So what are you waiting for? If you want new episodes about adulting advice every Monday, hit that follow button. For all the ways we depend on them, it's kind of amazing how little attention we tend to pay to making our calendars work for us. Your calendars can set your day-to-day priorities, but without intentionality, that will fall to other people's priorities. This has been really evident for me in 2023. It crept up on me, but meetings started to take over my day. I was jumping in and out of meetings all day long only to look down at my to-do list getting bigger, not smaller. This was all out of good nature. I thought by keeping my calendar as open as possible and making myself available to anyone, even on short notice, that I was doing my part at work. Have a pressing question? Let's hop on a call. Need feedback for your presentation? Does this afternoon work for you? Or... Oh, you need help with a project? And my favorite line I used a whole lot, my calendar is up to date. Pick a time that is most convenient for you. These kind of responses are fine, especially if you're in more of a service-based role where most of your work is done through customer interaction. And at work, that's definitely part of my job, but also a large portion of it is project-based. That requires uninterrupted time to complete. Those projects weren't getting complete, though. And it became obvious why. Have you ever heard the saying, show me your calendar and I'll show you your priorities? I needed help, and it was time to learn how to manage my calendar. So for definition's sake, calendar management is a systematic process for organizing meetings, events, and tasks. It includes creating, scheduling, and accepting meeting invites, along with resolving conflicts. A good calendar management process, in my opinion, also has guiding principles to help shape your day and maximize the return on investment that you can get from your time. So how can we use our calendars to maximize our output? What principles should I consider as part of my calendar management process? Today, I give you three of those guiding principles that I've been trying in 2023. The first guiding principle is to protect your focus time. Focus time is the time you've set aside to work on projects that require concentration. During this time, I like to be working on high-impact, high-priority projects. Those are my high-impact, high-priority projects. These are usually pre-planned the day before. 
A rule that has worked great for me is no meetings before 10 a.m. I do my best work in the mornings and I wanna take advantage of that time. So from eight to 10, I schedule focus time on my calendar. I actually have a reoccurring hold so that colleagues don't schedule something during this time. This is typically a non-issue because I work in central time zone and most of my colleagues and business partners work on the east and west coast. Meetings don't really heat up until about 10 o'clock, which is kind of why I picked that cutoff time anyway. But if it doesn't work for you, there could be some alternatives. I've heard colleagues and friends do no meeting days once a week. I love this idea, but I've kind of found it hard to execute on. This is when you block out a whole day, you know, for example, a Thursday, and you do most of your concentrated work on that day. Some companies and organizations actually have no meeting Fridays or no meeting Mondays, things like that, to help with this exact issue. If you want to be less restrictive, maybe you don't want a reoccurring daily calendar invite or you don't want to pick a certain day, another alternative is to block off one or two hour periods throughout the week. You could do this on Monday, pick four or five times throughout the week, and schedule those into your calendar as focus time. There are actually calendar tools such as Microsoft Outlook that can do this automatically for you based on your calendar. Regardless, I think it's essential to have chunks of uninterrupted time. The important part is holding yourself accountable by not booking over your focus time and utilizing it for projects that you can consider a priority. Do you have those days when you have multiple meetings spread out throughout the entire day? You finish one meeting, you check your email, return a Slack message, maybe run to the restroom, and then you realize, well, I only have 15 minute, minutes to my next meeting. That's probably not enough time to work on a project. This is kind of a rhetorical question, but would you rather have one two-hour chunk of focus time or four 30-minute blocks between meetings? On the surface, it's the same amount of time, but we all know the truth to switching cost. This is the cost of lost time when you have to mentally transition from one state to another. It definitely takes concentration and ramp up to transition out of my meetings kind of mindset and into my project mindset. My second guiding principle is to aggregate meetings into blocks. I don't know why it took me so long to actually act on this knowledge. I heard plenty of people talk about chunking or blocking in various capacities. But finally, midway through 2023, I've been focused on reflecting this on my calendar. When I can, I schedule meetings back to back to back so that it opens up longer periods of focus time and less of those awkward 15 or 30 minute periods that are filled with some kind of task until my next meeting. So what does this actually look like in practice for me? I have two default meeting blocks that I try to schedule all of my meetings into. This is 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and 1.30 to 3.30. I usually start with Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then I use Monday and Friday for overflow. So what happens whenever I'm scheduling a meeting or I'm recommending time to meet, I share open times within that block. So maybe I have 10 to 10.30 already booked, I might ask, are you available at 10.30? I might suggestively guide us that direction into my meeting block. Same with scheduling. It's much easier when I'm actually in charge of the meeting. Then I can just schedule it straight into one of those meeting blocks. 
This maximizes the opportunities for meetings happening in this back-to-back-to-back framework. Of course, you don't want to schedule too many back-to-back-to-back. Then all of a sudden, you're fatigued or you're running late meeting-to-meeting or you have meeting notes or action items that you have to take from the previous meeting. But I found three back-to-back-to-backs, the sweet spot in between kind of maximizing that meetings mindset and not getting fatigued too quickly. Of course, this isn't perfect. I don't always get the opportunities to select the time or time zones make scheduling impossible unless I open up beyond my meeting box. But by making this my default to start with, I've really reduced the time lost to switching a cost and have retaken control of my calendar. The third and final guiding principle that has leveled up my calendar management is what I call my Monday review. On Monday, I do weekly calendar reviews. This is to anticipate the needs for the week and make mental reminders, of course, you know, those things you kind of forgot were coming up, but here they are this week finally. I also resolve meeting conflicts if I'm double booked and add any travel time to my calendars if I have to drive somewhere. But when reviewing my work calendar, I also ask myself three questions. First, what meetings don't belong? Sometimes I accept a meeting that I don't need to be a part of, or when the week comes, I realize I'm no longer needed there. For example, this week, I was invited to a demo for a product that I'm not involved in. I'm not a stakeholder, I'm not a decision maker in this, but it was a broader invitation to a work group that I'm a part of, so I initially accepted. I went ahead and declined that and then just reached out to the meeting organizer and asked, if you need anything from me, let me know. During my Monday review, I take a moment to purge these meetings. This is a great way to get some time back into my week. You can request meeting notes, the recording, or simply ask the organizer if there's anything that they need from you. This can be a much more efficient alternative than actually attending the meeting. The second question I ask is, what are my important meetings? These are the meetings that require me to be, quote, on. I'm typically leading the conversation or I'm a major contributor. For me, that looks like podcast interviews, prospect meetings, or committees or initiatives that I'm in charge of. For these meetings, I typically block off 15 minutes before just so I'm in the right headspace. I know this is a little bit counterintuitive than to what I was just talking about blocking, but just having time to prepare and not rushing into a meeting from another meeting is really important for these you know, self-identified, important, or level-up type meetings. I want to make sure I bring my best self to these meetings because these are the moments that will make the most impact on my career. Lastly, the third question is, where can I get a double? This one is fairly new to me. Actually, last week's guest, Carla Fowler, gave me this idea a couple of months ago, and I've been implementing it, and it's been so helpful. A double is a opportunity on my calendar where I can double up on something like listening to a meeting and then going for a walk, maybe cooking myself lunch, or doing my laundry. These meetings typically don't require me to be on video, having to speak, or taking many notes, if any at all. An example might be a town hall where the senior executive team is sharing a bunch of company updates or similar kind of one-to-many information update meetings. I also do a lot of one-on-one networking calls, 
So I might transition these to phone only, especially if it's a nice day and I really want to go for a walk and I'm chatting with someone that I consider a friend. I work remotely, so this might be a little easier for me to do, but even if you work in the office, you might find opportunities for doubles if you're creative. As a recap, we discussed three guiding principles that you can implement in your calendar management process. First, protect your focus time. Designate periods of uninterrupted time on your calendar for priority projects and make sure you protect those holds. Second, aggregate your meetings into blocks. Condensing your meetings into pre-assigned periods versus space throughout your day will reduce switching costs and open up longer periods of focus time. And third is to do a Monday review so you can eliminate unneeded invites, prepare for important moments, and find opportunities for doubles. These principles are not bulletproof. I break these rules whenever I have to, but since implementing these principles and generally being more mindful of my calendar, I've gone from my calendar controlling me to me controlling my calendar. I'd love to hear from you though. Do you have any guiding principles that you follow? What about calendar hacks? I'm open for ideas as I'm continually trying to improve in this space. Go to our website and send me a message. That is tsirpodcast.com or find us on Instagram at tsirpod. That's it for the calendar management. Remember to check out episode 102 all about email productivity tips. And if you don't want to miss the upcoming project management episode, hit that follow button. That's it. I love you all. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the episode. As always, I appreciate your kind words. If you want to leave us a rating and review on your podcast player right now, that would absolutely make my day. If you want to find episode show notes, our blog, and other great resources, head over to tsirpodcast.com. If you have follow-up questions, an idea for a future episode, or just want to say hi, we have a contact form on our website, and those messages go straight into my inbox, and I promise you, I will reply. But all right, guys, I really appreciate you tuning in. I love you all, and you're not alone. Let's keep making it through our struggles together.